another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me as always is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right, Jody. How are you doing? I'm wrapped up in ice on a knee and an ankle at the moment, but otherwise good. Oh, you're okay. I'll have to ask you about that when we're done recording. But yeah. um, So I'm chilly. <laughs> you're ch- I, I guess so. I guess so. I'm just chilling. Yeah, right. What are you uh, looking to get on Black Friday sales? Or is your head spinning? I know you just made a giant investment in software. Are you eyeing anything else? Not exactly. Only nope. if like something that I've had my eye on in the past for a particular sale that they've had multiple times suddenly drops by another, I don't know, 20, 30% this time around, then I might jump on it. But otherwise, no. Yeah. It's a hard time because it's it's all these things are so tempting. They and are. it's like, oh my God, that's a great deal. I don't need it, but it's a great deal. Well, I just looked at, okay, before we get into this whole episode, because you've already yeah. brought this up, there was one that came across my desk this morning. Pretty sure it was this morning from Plugin Alliance. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I think of is, is like, well, what console is that? Because they call it the Lindell 50. I had to go look it up and it's the API. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, no, I just purchased an API. Piss off on that. I'm not buying it. I don't care how cheap you're making it. <laughs> yeah. It can be hard to resist sometimes, but you're usually better off for it. As somebody said one time, like a dollar you don't spend is a dollar you don't have to earn back. So, <laughs> well, those are true words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? Checklists for sessions. For musicians. We're going on to the other side of the glass and pretending that we are musicians that are trying to go into the studio. So it's a little bit counterintuitive, but this should help those producers and engineers out there to give perspective to musicians that are hoping to come into their studio. Yeah, and just good things to be aware of when you're going somewhere else or you're not recording your own tracks or you get a chance to go to a big commercial studio and... Play and enjoy the and play and enjoy the experience <laughs> and hopefully have something good. What is the first thing that you think of when you're doing this? What, what's the top of your list? What's the goal of the session? What is my visionary primary tunnel vision for what's about to happen? Mm, yeah. That would be my goal as a musician. That is my tunnel vision, and by that I mean how many songs do I think I can realistically record. In the time allotted. Keyword there being realistically. Realistically right? is the Yeah, keyword. we recently talked about that, that things generally take a little bit longer than you think, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I would caution, like, I mean, you obviously want quality tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say everybody gets gung-ho. Yeah, we can probably record all our songs in one day. Probably not, unless you're seasoned session players and in which case you are, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But set a more realistic goal, and I would advise to have a goal for five or six tracks. Maybe scale that down a little bit to three and have three really kick-ass tracks as opposed to more tracks that are, I don't want to say mediocre, but just not up to the par where you'd like it to be. Are you talking from like a quality of recording standpoint, quality of performance standpoint, or quality of writing standpoint? 
Well, I'm thinking here as a band, you're probably more concerned at this point with the performance standpoint. That's where I would agree with that, setting that goal. To piggyback off of that first point, you really want to aim for excellence, I think. In your performances, yes. In your performances, like the capturing and stuff, if you're going somewhere else, there's probably an engineer in charge of that, right? So this is you on the other glass type of thing. You want to be concerned with your performances as a band, as an individual, whatever happens to be. Mm-hmm. Aim for excellence. Make it as good as you can. Don't forget, ah, that was good enough. No, if it's not right, do another take, man. That's right. You know? Be prepared to deliver the goods. That means practice your shit, man. Know what yeah. you're going to play. Right. It really should go without saying. I would think if you're going in and you have a certain budget and time restraint, Make sure that your writing is done before you go in and record. You know, <laughs> I mean, it it's something a very that we, expensive writing session. Yeah, you know, the budgets for that aren't really there anymore. I mean, we've already heard of stories about albums that are essentially lived in studios and written while they're there and done all these kind of things, right? And back but, in the sixties and seventies, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Def Leppard spent a fair amount of mo- time and money in the studio with Mutt Lang when they did Hysteria. You Was know? that like the eighties? That was 84 or 5. Okay, so people stopped living in studios around 1994, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But it's just worth to consider, right? It's just have it part, don't go in, and ah, we'll see what it feels like. Because then you're just going to have an argument or discussion about the section of the song they haven't finished writing. And now all of a sudden, okay, guys, your time's up in half an hour. If you want another take here, let's do this, right? Something to that so, extent. Of course, as a producer or an engineer who gets to sit through that shit as the band is fighting and infighting and doing whatever it is, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's not a position you want to be in. So hopefully they do have their writing covered before they get there. Yeah, I would recommend that. Now, remember – when we talked to Chris Alice, mm-hmm. when he was talking about his session experience with certain artists, and he stressed that, look, we have a finite amount of time here, right? So let's go in and do what we plan to do. And then if we have extra time, then maybe do some experimentations with different things, whether it's dynamics or whatever it happens to be, right? Yep. But don't start experimenting off the go, I don't think, because you're, you're probably just going to run out of time. <laughs> yes, sir. That's not untrue. Yeah. What what <laughs> we're thinking about talking about performance here, obviously, where I've already kind of know, mentioned this. Is be well rehearsed. Know your shit. Make sure you can play your songs. Exactly. That's, so that's a the next thing. Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I haven't figured out how I'm gonna play this drum fill yet. Well, then you're not ready to record yet, right? Well, I'll that would be, be well the rehearsed. thought process anyway, unless as the producer or the manager of the band suddenly says, hey, why don't we change this part? It goes back to Chris's thing. Maybe we should just do it as planned, and then we experiment with an additional take. <laughs> right. And, and realize then, like, yeah, that works. That's actually much better. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then you've done that. The other way would be, of course, I, well, we're recording, doing all this kind of stuff, and, oh, that experiment didn't work, and now we've wasted two hours on this part, whatever. Could be. Yeah, could be. Have your stuff in order, man. And speaking of having your stuff in order, again, this really shouldn't need to be said. But we'll say it anyway. Equipment checks. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure your gear's working. 
that goes down to everything that you're going to use, right? Replace your skins. On your drums. Your strings, strings maybe. Have, make sure they're stretched out so you don't tune every four seconds. There's another story that we, we actually talked about when we had Adam Mosley on, and he was recording a punk band in London. Uh-huh. And the drummer shows up and his skins are just shit. They're just torn to shreds, right? <laughs> and it tells the story that he's, okay, I'm just going to go next door and get a new skin for you. And the drummer goes, don't fucking dare changing that. It's, that skin has been working awesome. It sounds great. There was a punk band. So there's a certain ethos that goes with that, right? And has sure. the, the right amount of vibe. But I would dare to say that for most people going in a record, you're probably not looking to have ripped drum skins on your on your kit, right? Or so. broken strings or rusty strings or machine heads that don't work or a guitar tuner that isn't tuning properly or set to something that is a few cents off from the rest of the band. Oh, Things like this yeah. are bad ideas. Right. And on the little A side there, when you're mentioning, mentioning tuners, mm-hmm. everybody in the band should use the same tuner. That would be one possibility, yes. Well, I think it's an excellent idea because sometimes tuners can actually shift a little bit from manufacturer to manufacturer. They shouldn't. But they but do. They do. So make sure that you're all using the same tuner when you're tuning up your stringed instruments, for example. And if you have a pedal board, make sure all your pedals are in good working order. Pedals, There's nothing cables, more patch cables. disturbing than being in a session and suddenly the guy goes to click on his wah pedal and he can't click it back off because it suddenly <laughs> broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- those are all nightmarish stories. I mean, I can relate to that. Done shows, actually, when these are back in the day when I used to have my rack and something got messed up in travel and turn it on and it just looks like a Christmas tree for a second and then just no sound. Ah! Dead lights. <laughs> yeah, that, that's panic. And more importantly, no sound. All right, mm. So we got to make sure we have our gear in working order. Good idea. What's up next? I keep saying it again and again, but this shouldn't really need to be said. Do a little bit of research on the studio where you're going. And hopefully you do that before you book your time. That's a smart idea. I've done it every time <laughs> I've gone somewhere. Right. At least when and I'm in charge of the session anyway. This could be just things like, what DAW do they use? Are you recording to tape? If they are recording to a DAW, and chances are that they are. Which one are they using? Do they which, have options for more than one? What is their input channels like? These are things that are good to know. Now, most musicians may not know to ask this question, but as a smart studio owner, recording engineer, producer type, you might want to bring that up in conversation just to find out where their headspace is at. So you're saying you could use as a, you kind of like gauging the people that work there as well? or Oh, yeah. Just, right. And case in point, last recording session I mentioned a few times of going to this place in the middle of nowhere, the people that I was talking to, very, very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. The person that was actually there, not so much. And that's really disappointing. Wolves. So it almost felt yeah. like I was getting a bait and switch, which is not cool. 
Yeah, of course, that is really disappointing because you, you want to make sure that you can kind of lean on them there if there are technical issues that they're dealing with, that they're going to be able to solve them, right? Or any questions that you might have sure. about, you know, how are we going to mic this up or how many inputs do we have? Do we have enough to record Terry Bolzio's kit that he uses when he plays all these ostinatos and things. But, <laughs> How many you know, mics so, do you think that might take for him if you were miking everything individually? That might take like at least 80 microphones. Anyway, yeah, you wouldn't want to right. do it that way. But right. my point being is, is that when I was there months in advance of going to this session, I had to make sure did their audio interfaces work at the sample rate that I wanted to record in. They didn't even know. They had wow. to research it. And then I had to go to the actual company and ask the company, are we cool? Company's like, you should be, but if not, let us know. We'll make sure we'll give you extra interfaces to be there to do it. That's a real nice thing because most companies, if you don't have the connections, will tell you to piss off and go buy another one. But they were ready to ship me one or two or three to be there just in case. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's very nice. Anyway, along the lines of doing your research and finding out what DAWs and software they use, what input channels, strips they have, and hardware that they use. What do you need to bring as the musician itself, other than your own guitar and your equipment and whatnot? Do you need to bring your own mics in case they don't have the mic that you want to use on your gear? That's important things to know. Ask those kind of questions. And if you're the producer and engineer, you might want to find out if they want to use something you don't have. Yeah, Because if you try to sell them on something that you don't have, well, now you're being the dick and they're going to feel yeah. cheated. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point there, Jody, with the mic locker situation perhaps, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that you have – normally they will have a wide range of microphones or at least something that's going to be suitable for you. And it well, might if it's not commercial, be... they might. If it's a right. person's bedroom or their basement, they might not. This is true. So, yeah, no, we do everything through a 57, man. It's all good. <laughs> one thing at a time. Hey, you, know? you can do it. We've talked about it. Right. That's true. But it is one of those things that we can see also if oh, I'm, I'm really hoping to get like a hollow body tally kind of thing going on in this, but I don't have one. Do you, Are there any guitars on hand that are available to use? All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and so, it's rare actually to have studios unless they're giant commercial studios to actually have gear there. And when I think about it, a lot of the bigger commercial studios that I've been to, if they don't technically have the gear, they'll bring in a cartridge company that will bring the gear that you require. Yeah, it could be that as well. So you obviously you want to kind of find out what the situation is here. Ideally, you obviously do this before you book the studio to see if this is going to be a good fit. Sure. So. And just to reiterate the whole concept of having the engineer on hand. Now, I yeah. mentioned it briefly about having discussions with one engineer at a particular studio, and then he wasn't even there. <laughs> even though it made it sound like he was, and it's like some other guy that barely knows what he's doing, and that's really unfortunate. Make yeah. sure that right. when you are the musician, you're asking these questions, who is the engineer, and is he capable? Because I've been to more than one session, not even on my own dime. I've been to sessions where the engineer at hand doesn't even know how to turn on a click track in the DAW that, that they're using. And that is effing pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that story before as well. And I think a common thing for that to happen, because that sounds like a really, really sort of like 
basic problem, right? You should be able to solve that. How do you turn on your click track? I have to play devil's advocate here. I have a theory on that is that it might have been an engineer that is using a different DAW and now is faced to sit in front of Pro Tools because in Pro Tools, it's not just like turning on a click, right? You actually have to create a click track, right? Which in most other DAWs, as far as I know, you don't have to. You just turn on the metronome type of thing, right? <laughs> but, Pro Tools, get your shit in order. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, you shouldn't really be in charge of the session, like, if you can't do that, right? I've heard stories of big well, bands. I've been to sessions on that like that. Yeah. It's insane. It, and then, of course, knowing DAWs and recording as I do, I will raise my hand and step in and, and make the change. But that just makes the dude look bad, and I hate doing it. Yeah, move, I got this, you know. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not getting paid to do that. It's like I'm yeah. there to play. So, right. yeah, yeah, man, don't be that guy. Don't be right. the recording engineer that doesn't know how to do it, and don't be the musician that can't ask somebody that they need to do it. Right, I hear you. And with that, we'll take a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. And at this point, we're moving on to what? Well, we talked about what to bring as far as like gear wise. Mm -hmm. Why it might be interesting to know what kind of DAW that they're using in said studio is it's a good idea to bring either a session file or at least tracks if you have a demo recorded already. Audio tracks, you're saying? Audio tracks, yeah. So that you have something that you could reference if there are issues and if you're in the excitement of everything and you go, oh man, did we come in with the keyboard on the second verse or whatever it is. Something to kind of reference back to. That's a really, really good thing to have, I think. And even if it's also one of those things where, let's say that you're not a whole band going in. Mm -hmm. You're going in and you're, you're laying down, whether it's drums and things, right? You've recorded everything else at home, but now you need a great room for tracking drums. Obviously, you need backing tracks to play to. Just helps the drummer get into the performance and all. Well, this how stuff. else would he play to anything if you already recorded everything? What the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, I've actually heard stories of people go, "Well, no, just go in and play to the click track," and they just expect you to know. What? And I'll be fine. Yeah, crazy, right? That sounds like a horror story in and of itself. Right. Remember, people, drummers are people too, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you stuff the bass player in the kick drum. <laughs> yes. We're laughing at it here, but it is one of those things that, you know, oh, did you bring it? No, I didn't bring it. You know, make sure you have all of those things. You had another point that you wanted to make about when you're bringing these tracks. It's something to kind of keep in mind when we're talking about dolls and things. What was well, that? what I did, and this is my anal retentiveness that is fairly hardcore, not as hardcore as some, but fairly hardcore. When I was trying to find out what sample rate they can do, I also had to find out how powerful the machine was, whether or not I could bring individual tracks with all the parts pre-recorded that I was going to play, mm -hmm. mainly because I didn't want to forget how I played something. Right. I'd just written this track. It was done. I was writing all the parts, and I'm like thinking, I got to bring everything in bits and pieces that he can flip on and off. And I didn't know if the machine was going to be capable enough of running at the sample rate to run all of these tracks because it was a lot of tracks. Even though my tracks were individually recorded with one track each, I had to bear in mind that they were recording roughly 12, I think, mics, maybe 14, maybe 15. It's a lot of mics because of the nature of this particular studio I was in. 
and simultaneously simultaneously recording this many tracks and playing back a whole bunch of tracks as well at the same time. Can their machine handle it? So you need to know this kind of thing. So I brought them in two different formats because the guy in San Francisco didn't know, but that's not where I was recording. I was recording in Colorado. <laughs> so, and it, I figured that he was just flying back and forth. I, I wasn't aware that I wasn't talking to the guy that would be there on hand. And that was like really unfortunate. So now that's another part that goes into it. It's like, are you the guy that's going to be there on hand when I deal with all these tracks kind of thing? So when you're bringing this stuff in, I bring in the tracks and I bring them in in the format, whether it's AFE, or wave. I do not bring an MP3. I highly suggest that you tell musicians coming in, or if you are the musician listening to this particular episode, don't bring an MP3. And the biggest reason for that is they're not going to hold the synchronicity of time the same way an AIF or a wave file will. Is that something that you've actually had issues with in the past? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that, that's something personally I haven't come across, but I've I had still people recommend- bring MP3s to play to, and the timing's off. That's, that's really why weird. I highly suggest don't do it. It's a stupid idea. MP3s are not accurate representations. Unfortunately, don't hmm. do it. Yeah, I I've not come across that issue, but I still think it's a good idea to bring a full quality audio file. Oh yeah, uh, when you're doing it. So. And I brought yeah. it in. Not only did I bring it in multiple formats, I brought it in on multiple devices. <laughs> I brought it in on a oh. laptop. I bring it in on a jump drive. So I have it in case something goes down. I'm not stuck. I have it right. in another <laughs> file format or another device that can still get connected and put that stuff on the machine at the studio. Mm, yeah. And of course, you know, don't assume that the studio that you're going to has the same software plugins and everything and instruments that you do at home. So you want to make sure if there are software instrument tracks in these demos, make sure you print those or bounce those Print out. them so as that, audio. Yeah. Don't, right. don't leave them if you're bringing a session. Like let's say they use Logic, you use Logic, and you bring your Logic stuff and you've got third-party Logic stuff. Unless you've asked that studio, do you have these instruments? You best yeah, print I st- that. I still think it's a good idea to do it anyway because you're just oh, kind of yeah. asking for issues if you're – you know, bring a session and nothing balanced type of thing. It's just, ah, it's, it's bad practice as far right. as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's kind of our next point here is just bring the raw tracks. Yeah. Don't assume that that studio has your plugins, your instruments, your effects, if you're recording stuff at home. Now, if yeah. you're just going in and just playing as a musician and you are saying, hey, do you have something that can do this? Great. If they say yes. If they right. don't, too bad for you. You didn't bring your pedal that could do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next point that we're bringing up here is uh, a little bit of a bummer point because people are generally excited or maybe this is just part of youth in the past. But oh, it's a party. We're going to the studio. Both you and I would highly recommend leave the alcohol and the drugs at home. The short Not telling you not to do it. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do it or do it in your private life, whatever. Now you're there to work. So it's shocking how quickly performances can go down the tube, which is very little. (laughs) Yeah. Accusations can start to fly because mindsets are altered is a good way of putting it. Right. I personally have never 
decided to smoke a joint, drop some acid, chew on some mushrooms, or drink any kind of beer, wine, or hard liquor before going into a session. Hell, I've never even done it on a stage either. I sound like a square. But <laughs> the reason why is because I am being paid to be there as the musician is a hired hand. And as a hired hand, I should know how to play that stuff and play it perfectly without fucking it up. Right. And as a studio owner, you want people to enjoy themselves. But at the same time, if they are stoned, messed up, out of their gourd, not thinking straight, it leads to big problems. I've had musicians balled up crying on the floor, accusing me of doing things I didn't do as the recording engineer because their mind was altered to such a capacity they couldn't remember what they did and what they're hearing isn't what they're used to. That's really unfortunate. It is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. And that's what can happen. Don't bring drugs and alcohol to the studio. It's a stupid idea. Not only can they have poor performances, if things get out of control, gear can get messed up, walls can get messed up, yeah. and it's expensive. You don't want yeah. that. It, it, it's just a bad idea. It's a bad idea to do any of that kind of stuff. And when you're done recording, of course, go have a party, do your thing, right? We're not saying go to don't the lounge do that in the ever. studio and then drink and then do whatever. And after you're done, after the tracking's finished, have a piece of cake and a beer, whatever it is that turns you on. Just yeah. wait. We're sounding really, really square right now. I know. <laughs> but when it's you're ridiculous. recording, yeah, let's get off that subject. I don't yes. want to talk about that anymore. Here's right. one what we've actually mentioned before, but from a musician's point of view, don't ask these guys to do a mix on the day that you're tracking, at the time you're tracking. Don't even ask for a rough. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Say, so, hey, can we just get a rough mix for that? And then it turns into, what does it turn into? Well, can we just bring up the guitars a little bit? Oh, the snare sounds weird. We're not supposed to be mixing now, guys. These are it's for a different time, right? Yeah. So maximize the time and just be cool. Don't ask for rough. If a guy offers to do it, sure. Take, take him it. up on it. Right. But don't but be an asshole about it. Don't demand one is what we're saying. It's right. a bad idea. Yeah. With all of these things in mind even though we're so boring and telling you not to drink and do drugs. <laughs> Enjoy the experience. Make it something that you want to remember. Yeah, right? if you yeah. bring in your phones to take posterity pictures and videos and everything else, make sure that the studio is cool with that. Some studios are not, some are. Right. If you're the studio owner, are you cool with people taking pictures and video? It's a good idea just from a social media standpoint, but make sure the ringers are off, maybe in airplane mode, whatever it is. <laughs> Just so oh, yeah. you're not in the middle of a take and you've got like five different phones and suddenly, oh, tweet. <laughs> oh yeah. my God, did you see what this guy just said? Oh man. Yeah, so you don't the, want that happening in the middle of a take. Right. Oh, that was a perfect take, but now we got a ringtone in the back. So yeah. anything else that you would like to add to this list here? A little bit of rambling, but important points anyway. Some things go without needing to be said. But well, that's um, the problem. People don't always think about all the different ways things can go right or wrong. Yeah. It's and better if you to don't be know how to prepared. ask the question or prepare for it, that's a problem. Yeah. How are you going to know? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. right that. How are we ready for Friday finds? Chris, what do you got? I am kind of ready. You're kind of ready. For Friday finds because I have a preemptive Friday find. 
Slate Digital have said that they're going to have a big release on Black Friday. I'm going to do a preemptive pick this week. All right. And I'm going with whatever (laughs) Slate Digital are coming out with on Friday. Oh, so So, you're just going to open your wallet on Friday for Slate Digital regardless. (laughs) No, it's not that. It's um, I'm apparently going to get few new software releases. So I I hope it's something that's going to be more in my workflow kind of a thing because the last little while they've been kind of veering off a little bit into types of production that I'm not really part of. Not really my area. I'm hoping that they're going to deliver something cool. Sweet. There's my preemptive Friday find for this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what about you? What have you got? You mentioned that I did a pretty big software investment Mm -hmm. not too long ago, which is true. And today's pick for me, as I was playing around with some stuff that I got not too long ago, from Universal Audio is the 175B. It is a compressor. That particular compressor comes with a cohort called the 176, which is the next gen of the 175B. I had never played with this compressor before, and I'm referring specifically to the 175B. It is the grandpa, the father, maybe. I don't know if it's the father or the grandpa, to the 1176, which so many people are very familiar with. Right. I messed around with it on various instruments, but when I did something very specific with some drums that made me swing, as (laughs) the old (laughs) Wayne's World thing would be, that I tried to do the same thing with a 1176. I tried to do it with a 2500. I tried to do it with an LA 3A, uh, the SSL G bus. I, I could not get very close to what the 175B could do. And I was holy cowing, mind blowing experience with the UA 175B. That is my pick this week. Yeah, I'm not surprised because although I haven't heard it, you have been texting me and making my phone blow up here and go like, oh my God, this is so cool. So I can't wait to hear some examples from this. So that that should be interesting. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to insidetherecordingstudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. Doing so will get you weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips when they come out, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this lovely podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the phrase session, and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Talk to you later, Jody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.